and gentlemen, welcome to the 3 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here's your host, Kyle Corwin. Welcome back to the 3 Take. My name is Kyle Corwin. This is episode three. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, say hello to the people. What's up, peeps? How y'all doing? Uh, by the way, I got a question for you. I feel a little, uh, a little weird calling you Nate, because as the, as the folks learned last week, I grew up with you <laughs> playing ball. I've called you Nathaniel your whole life. Do you have a, do you have a preference on that? Whole life. Yeah, I know. Um, long story, but I'll make it short. When I got to high school in Colorado, uh, my first teacher said Nathaniel was too long to remember. And so from then on, it was Nate and everybody I, uh, I met after that point called me Nate, um, I don't know if you want to if you want to throw it back to the old school name. Mm. I mean, if if dopey is a little bit uh, easier yeah. for you, we can ride with that. Yeah, I've no. The only reason I asked, I found myself uh, almost calling you Nathaniel a few times. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, we'll. Uh, I I know, like we were talking before, we got we got the people tuning into this episode for one thing and one thing only. Um, but we are going to delay that just a bit while you uh, take over. This day in baseball history this week. I appreciate that. I need to warm up a little there before we get rolling. There you go. Uh, so today in baseball history, this is August 8th. Um, one cool fact I found was in 1954, uh, Gil Hodges came to bat three times in the eighth inning uh, when the Brooklyn Dodgers scored 13 runs uh, in route to a 20-7 to victory over the Reds. Um, cool thing about that, Gil Hodges went one for three in that inning with a leadoff triple. And then after that, he grounded into a double play and flew out to center. Um, first off, I wish sweet names like Gil were still around. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. That's that's sweet. I like that. Yeah. Uh, second, if I make all three outs in an inning, um, I'm hanging them up. I'm heading straight to the bar. Uh, it's done. Putting the cleats in the locker and we're calling it good. I mean, I've got you beat on that one. If my – if my team rolls through the lineup twice and I make the second out of the inning, I'm probably quitting before I even get up to the play the third time. Just being honest with you. <laughs> the double play definitely would have thrown me yeah, off course. Yeah, that's, that's just rough. All right. The next one is in 1976. Uh, in the first game of a doubleheader against uh, the Kansas City Royals at Comiskey Park, the White Sox took the field wearing shorts. Uh, Chicago wins the first game in shorts 5-2. to two. Changes into pants for the night game and then loses 7-1 to the Royals. Uh, typical move by the White Sox. If there's any team lame enough to wear shorts, it's definitely them. Uh, the boys from the south side aren't the swaggiest, in my opinion. Absolutely great. But, uh, they were also, weren't they also the team that did, I believe they were the ones that held the, uh, what was it, like the Tencent beer night or like the disco night or whatever? You remember hearing about that? Uh, I don't, Where but it, it doesn't like, surprise me. I'm pretty sure it was a White Sox. They, they literally, uh, I think it was a like a ten cent beer night. I want to say it wasn't where they're playing. It was definitely at their old park. But anyway, I think it was like ten cent beer night, and just total chaos ensued. It was, as you would imagine, it was just you need to you need to look that up. And anybody listening, oh, is that when they started throwing beers on the field? Yeah, and, stuff? and they had to like yeah. escort the. I don't remember who they were playing. They had to they had to escort the other team off. It was just. <laughs> Typical White Sox. That's not actually the first thing I thought of when you mentioned the the whole the whole this day in baseball thing. Uh, my mind immediately <laughs> went to them just doing stupid things. 
<laughs> well, it kind of reminds me of like uh, when the Mariners did those turn ahead the clock jerseys this year. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Where they did it was a turn ahead the clock, but they threw it back to when in '98 they did the turn ahead the clock, thinking this is what baseball would look like in the future: sleeveless jerseys, backwards hats, untucked. Um, it was awful. It looked like a celebrity softball game, in my opinion. Um, Absolutely. Griffey is definitely the only guy swaggy enough to pull that off. Why, wasn't he the only one that went with the backwards hat? Or was that was that across the board? I don't remember. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. But, I mean, you saw Nelson Cruz with, like, nothing on underneath his sleeveless jersey, and it was not pretty. Yeah, that was uh, – Brutal. I mean, it's – I'm all for it for, like, a promo night. But anything uh, that even closely resembles that is a permanent it's, option. It's bad. I mean, no we're thanks. pushing, like, minor league baseball type yeah. stuff. Um, so last one, um, with, uh, today's, uh, date is in 98, uh, Paul Molitor, Paul Molitor becomes the fifth player to join the 3000 hit and 500 stolen base club, uh, joins the list with Ty Cobb who went over 4,000 hits and over 800 stolen bases, by the way, nuts. Um, Honus Wagner, Eddie Collins and Lou Brock. Um, Ricky Henderson would actually go on to join that crew um, in the early 2000s after a long 25-year career. Um, That dude did it with over 1,400 stolen bases. I don't think those numbers or that group is going to be joined by anyone else anytime soon. Mm, I don't see it. Yeah, but uh, that is some pretty cool stuff that happened today in in baseball history on August 8th. But uh, I think it's time to address the Give the people what they large, want. Large address the large Neil Diamond shaped elephant in the room. Give the people what they want. Awful. Where it began. I can't begin to knowing, but then I know it's growing strong. Was in the spring, and spring became the summer. Who'd ever believed you'd come along? this weekend i do do you know uh what what the repercussions of this weekend were i do i think the uh, i think the people just found out mm, 
I brought this on myself. This yeah. was my idea. Yeah, was, this was my I was, idea. I was uh, just about to ask you if uh, you knew whose idea it was. I was riding high when I found out that Chris Sale wasn't going to pitch, and then it. And what did I come uh, back and say? What did I come back and say? Oh, it didn't I matter. Said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you said no sale, no sweep, and look what happened. Oh, not to mention oh, the man. game that we don't have Chris Sale. We score fifteen runs. Uh, I could you know have thrown my, my grandmother out there. What's funny is that um, I've been told I have a face for radio. And that's a joke because obviously you can't see faces on radio. I don't think I have a voice for radio either. So I, um, I don't know what I'm going to do. That was – it's bad. It keeps replaying in my head. I well, lost sleep over it last night. It's brutal. Well, all joking aside, like I told you before, uh, my hat's off to you because as strongly as I would have followed through with my end of the bet, I was uh, not exactly looking forward to, to singing <laughs> Sinatra. But uh, I would have done it, and I was I was prepared, <laughs> even though, again, there was no doubt in my mind that we were going to come out four games to none. So. I mean, I would have I, – I honestly, in my heart, in my – in my true feelings that we were going to pull out at least a split and come down to runs. Uh, See, that's your old problem. You all are too focused about your feelings. Alex Cora is out there yeah. trying to win baseball games. Hey, man, that guy's got fire. My man. That guy's got fire. My, that is my manager. I don't care what happens the rest of the season. I will, I will run through a brick wall for that guy, and I don't even play for him. He got his first ejection this weekend. Rightfully so. Not saying he deserved to get ejected, but he got his money's worth. Uh, um, I don't know, you know if you saw the the whole with that, layout for sure. The warning happened way too soon. Way too soon. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know the the backstory behind that particular ump, but that might have been depending upon his experience, not just at the major league level, but in the Yankee Red Sox rivalry. That could have been a thing where. The power might have just got to his head a little bit, or he he was expecting something to happen and decided to put the brakes on a little early. But oh yeah, there had to be an expectation. There had to be an expectation because um, I think everyone in the sports world in general knew how big this weekend was for sure. Um, and this, I mean, I can't even imagine the viewers that we had this weekend. I, I I'm sure it was outstanding, but the dude was way too quick to the draw. Um, I was hoping for a little more spice. I was hoping for this thing to kick off with a bang. Um, I don't mind the pitch up and in by Severino. Um, get off my plate, I throw 98. So I'm cool with it. Um, I wish it would have drawn out a little bit more without the warnings. But, uh, yeah, you're right. There's one. There's There's a lot of fire coming from one manager, and it's definitely not ours. Well, the reason I brought up the, the umpire – experience uh topic was i feel like any umpire that has any level of experience at that level should understand that when you got a guy down oh two why i think everybody was asking that red sox and yankee fans alike why are we getting issues warning after an oh two pitch like if if he gets right if he gets hit in an oh count one oh count whatever so be it like that's totally right. understandable red sox yankees but I mean, O2. But yeah, with with a struggling Severino as well. I mean, the thing is it, it, it I umpires have to do some type of research going in the series, right? I mean, they have to 
be in tune with how the players are playing, or at least the starters that they're going to call balls and strikes on. Right. I mean, Severino's been all over the map for the last four or five starts now. So you got to have an idea. Yeah. Well, okay. So actually, I backtrack. So Porcello hit Gardner on an 0 2 count and issued his warning after Severino's pitch, um, which was kind of like you alluded to, clearly intentional. It was an 0 count with a fastball. He wasn't throwing him any right. sliders or anything. Um, but all that to say, beautiful, beautiful exhibition of just managerial expertise. Cora just coming out, getting his money's worth, uh, letting the umpire know that he is a bum, uh, letting him know that I think, in fact, I think, uh, I've heard some, heard some reports that he was, he was going at this umpire uh, obviously specifically about Mookie, but apparently he, he threw out the fact that Mookie is the best hitter in baseball as, as, a, as, really? as, as part of his defense or like as part of his uh, like explanation as to why he was out there, which right. again goes back to my whole, I would run through a brick wall for that guy. Like I know, I know comparisons are made to John Farrell and kind of how he is a manager and I'm all for it because John Farrell was, you could roll over him easy. And right, Cora, right. Core is the type of guy that will, I mean, he'll he'll go to war for you, and rightfully so. Like in that situation, you in a with with that many eyeballs on on that game, you can't have an umpire like Boone, which I'm sure we'll uh, we'll cover a little later. You can't have a guy who's gonna who's gonna sit in his corner and chew bubble gum. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing is when it kind of almost, especially at home, when when a manager gets tossed. It, it almost creates an us-against-the-world type mentality. Obviously, the team we're playing is against us, but now the umpires are against us, right. yep. and now we're going to group up together and dominate. And that's that's what they did. And so, you know, it's a smart move. I don't know if it was on purpose or just completely reactionary, um, but, uh, you know, Alex Cora, is, <clears throat> he's got the fire that I was hoping Boone would show at some point during this year, but he hasn't. Yeah, the the umpiring this week was. I, I won't throw them all under the bus, that, but there was there was a couple games there. I can't remember which ones, but it was the umpiring. The zones were just terrible, yep. and it and it made it hard to like. Obviously, I'm going to hate the Yankees no matter what, but it like sure it as hard as it is <laughs> to say, it almost like made it difficult for me for me to like want to talk trash about them because I saw like the calls they were getting, the calls they weren't getting and how they compared yeah. to our calls. And I'm just like, this isn't just like one or two missed calls and maybe like a, a makeup call thrown in there. I mean, this is just like, I mean, this is brutal across the board, yeah. like up and down both lineups. It was just, it was not fun. So here's, I mean, this, this may kind of dive into an unpopular opinion at some point during the season. Um, I think there was a study that came out a couple of years ago about, how if umpires set up on the inside part of the plate uh, of that of that hitter, uh, whether you're inside on the righty or inside on the lefty, yeah. you're less uh, you're less liable to get hit by a foul ball, foul tip. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they have vision of the outer half. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, where it's a guess. You know what I mean. And so I think when you know if you already have an umpire who has somewhat of a lenient zone. If he's going to be lenient on his side that he's staring at, how lenient is he going to be on that other side? And, you know, both of us know as as a player, we we know that umpires aren't perfect. 
Um, but it, you get one side. Umpires get to give one side, one of the four sides. Right. You either give the ball up, you give the ball down, in or out. You cannot give more than one. Yeah, and I mean, you're, we the, saw... you're the catcher growing up, so I mean, I I fully believe what you're saying. You're you, yeah, you're back I mean, there with him. You know what it's like. Yeah, it's... and everyone, every catcher kind of tests tests the limits um, of what we're gonna get. But you know, as a hitter, as a hitter, that's so frustrating when you you don't know what to swing at, you don't know what to protect yourself from. Um, not an excuse at all for what uh, how they played. Um, you know, some things I have down is. Uh, one of my big things, and and I hope hope uh, hope that some of my kids that I've coached are listening. Um, but I always preach to them that um, you need two of the three aspects of baseball. Um, and the Yankees were zero for three, and those three aspects are pitching, hitting, and defense. Right. They were zero for three all weekend. Yep. Um, at the plate, there was no approach. I mean, zero approach. Uh, the one thing, the one positive thing I've said about Aaron Boone all year. And I was happy with with him bringing it back. Was the whole dynasty Yankees um, approach? You know, work the count, get through the starter, get into the bullpen, and that's how you really tear down a team throughout the series. Right. Um, and we saw Rick Porcello throw a gem in under 100 pitches. Uh, no, it was just no. Let's let's stop there. We saw <laughs> we saw David Price leave the game. With a zero on the board. Granted, he gave up one or two runs uh, that he inherited, but that right there should tell you David Price left the game with the zero on the board. That right there is just complete evidence of how poorly you all performed at the play this week. But we tear up David Price. I mean, we dominate David Price. Ever. I mean, even when when you go back to Ray's days when he was in Tampa. Yep. Uh, the dude always gets lit up. Lit up. I, I don't know what's going on, but the approach is gone. You know, when you have this many young guys in the lineup, um, I, you got to wonder how much coaching is really happening. Um, you know, I think the the leaders in that in that lineup, I would say, and CC is separate because he's a starter. Obviously, um, you don't see him in the lineup. I think the two guys I look at is John Carlos Stanton. Um, but with him, he's too new. He's too new to the team. Yep, yep. He's never been on a winning team. Yep. He's he hasn't experienced this kind of baseball yet. So I think it's hard for him to step up. And then my other guy is the longest tenured Yankee, Brett Gardner. Um, well, to Brett cut, Gardner's sitting to, under, to under two fifty. To cut you off, to go back to Stanton, I think another point that's worth considering is um, he is being in Miami, he was groomed to be the face of the franchise. And I don't care how good you are. When you come to New York, you got to, as they say, earn your pinstripes. And I don't think, like you said, I just don't think he's been there long enough to where he can just kind of waltz in there and just take over. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a clubhouse presence as far as a veteran goes, but not as a Yankee, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I think there's definitely two different things. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been tough. You know, I, there's no leadership and Aaron Boone. Um, I've, I've never been a big fan. Uh, he's known for one thing. It was that walk off that he hit against the Red Sox, you know, 18 years ago. Uh, the dude just chews gum, man. He sits on the front step and chews gum. He doesn't do anything else. Um, I haven't seen him get fired up at all. 
and it's it's extremely frustrating. I, it's hard to watch. I, dis- I disagree. I I think it's a beautiful beautiful display. <laughs> I love I love watching it. You know the other questionable things I had, um, the, the stuff that Boone did. Uh, I don't understand putting in Luke Voigt and Shane Robinson in multiple starts in this series. This was hands down the biggest series of the season. And you're starting. Wait, let uh, me let me ask real quick. Um, how did how did this weekend go again? Ugh. How did how, how? You're lucky you're across the country. That's did, all I'm gonna say. How did, how did the Red Sox do this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Questionable choice. Wait, by the one way. more. No, no, no. Seriously, no, no. All joking aside. One more question. Um, how, how many games up in the division are we right now? Oh, I've lost count. How, how many? Maybe? I think it's. Uh, I think. I think it's nine. I think it's, Nine and a half. Yeah. 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 I Whatever. Know. I'm not worried. I'll get into that later. All right. Let's talk about how bad your team is. Keep going. Okay. Aaron Boone, what are you doing putting in Luke Voigt and Shane Robinson in the starting lineup? What are you doing? Agreed. Uh, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, one guy I don't like and I haven't liked all year is Neil Walker, but he has been hitting lately. Um, he's hitting over 300 in like the last month. He's been stroking it pretty well. He does have the uh, uh, veteran element that you kind of referenced earlier, which, exactly. which is beneficial in so, a lineup like this. So why not put Giancarlo Stanton right? Yeah. And either either DH Neil Walker or DH uh, Miguel Andujar and get some of that presence there. Um, I would have preferred to have Neil Walker at third. You saw him make a couple plays in a couple games that looked pretty good. Um, looked like old Neil Walker. Um, and then obviously you saw Miguel and Duhar make some, you know, throws from his heels that should have ended the game. Uh, pick by Bird should have happened, didn't, whatever. But I don't understand why we got a new kid who is, you know, hasn't had any big league time in Luke Voigt um, yeah. making his starts. And then Shane Robinson, I think, is over the hill and, and done. And uh, I don't even know how old the guy is. He, he's like 5'5". Five, five. I don't know. Um, guy drives me nuts. But... The one thing I will say is I miss a little bit of fire from Tyler Austin. I, I will think, say I it, think it he could have brought something. I, I I will agree with you on that. It, it hurt my soul a little bit when I found out that uh, the receiving end of the Joe Joe Kelly Fight Club was uh, being shipped out. Um, you know, it also was, it also was known fire. as it was something needed. Also known as uh, Joe Kelly's son. Um, Get out of here. Get uh, out of here. But yeah, let's uh let's let's focus on a little bit more positive uh talk here. You kinda just talked about how bad the worst team in baseball is. Let me let me just recap this weekend <laughs> briefly and then we can move on because I'm sure that uh our people don't want to listen to the Red Sox Yankees talk the whole the whole uh, podcast. But <laughs> running through here real quick. First game, and I just want you to sit back and listen to this. I, I, I want you to enjoy this. First game. 15 to 7. Steve Pierce. Mm. Trade deadline pickup. Three home runs. Who's played for every team in the AL East, by the way. And he and, didn't play well for the Yankees. And look at what he does when he gets to the best team in baseball. He kills Yankees. He, he always kills the Yankees, but played like crap when he was a Yankee. Which, again, is just a beautiful sight. Uh, second game. 4 to 1. Porter shows why he's the best manager in baseball. Steve Pierce hits his fourth home run 
in two games against the Yankees. So with that, I'm going to pause for a second. When you talk about how Cora makes smart decisions, I've witnessed, you just said Steve Pierce, three jacks in the night before. Um, who pitched the second day for the Yankees? I think it was Chance Adams that came out. A righty that, uh, no, Friday, Friday, who pitched for Friday. That, it was, t- it was, was Severino. Yeah, yeah, was Severino. Yeah, yeah, that was second game. So, so Steve Pierce goes three jacks against um, the starting CC and then some bullpen guy. Um, and then we got Severino coming in for Friday, a tough righty, where that's not really Steve Pierce's spot to be in. But Cora goes with his gut. He goes with yep. the feel. Yep. He goes with how this guy's been doing it lately. I have not seen that from Boone at all this year. Um, speaking of Tyler Austin, I remember against the Blue Jays early in the year, dude hit two jacks and then gets benched the next day. Yep. So there's no feel going on. Anyway, continue well, going think, to Saturday. No, no, no. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be a little rational here for a little longer before I get back to my normal self. Um, I think kind of going off of that, you make a great point. I think – Cora being a player and being not terribly, rem- terribly far removed from the game. Uh, I think he understood that, like you said, while it might not be the best matchup, um, I think he understands because uh, obviously he played with the Red Sox. I mean, he was an infielder yep. for them. Um, so he obviously understands the magnitude of the rivalry. Um, I think, <clears throat> I think, uh, as I was saying, he understands um, kind of the feel uh, of, I mean, if you're swinging it well, I mean, and, and you're, and you're responding to the rivalry well, like you, you're going to stay in the lineup. Like, and I think, I think, right. that's, I think that's why I stuck with him. Cause he's like, traditionally, again, like you said, not the best matchup, but I mean, he, as much as people love him in Boston, there, there would have been some people coming for his head. If you don't have Steve Pierce in the lineup that next day, right? It's almost a no brainer, but I think, you know, when you see managers that were players that weren't stars, you know, and granted Boone was definitely not a star, but Cora wasn't a star. There's almost a, I got to give this guy a shot because I want, I would want that shot if it was in my spot, you know, if if I was that player and he was. And so it's almost like he gave him a shot and he delivered again uh, with his fourth bomb. All right. Back to business. No, you know what? We're going to resume with the second game. I just want to I know you mentioned earlier, but I want to I want to say it myself because it's just it's a beautiful thing. Rick Porcello. Yeah. 86 pitches. One hit. Complete game. Yeah. I didn't you say You don't see that anymore. I didn't say uh, Excuse me, sir. I was talking. 86 pitches. I didn't you heard me. You heard me correctly. I didn't say ninety-six pitches. I didn't say one hundred and six pitches. Eighty-six pitches against the March slash April World Series champions, because apparently that's what you all thought was going to happen. <laughs> eighty-six pitches. Game three. Nathan Eovaldi. Yeah, you probably don't even know who he is. Certainly, you know I who do. he is, but the people yeah. listening have no clue who he is. Didn't do it for the Yankees again. He was no good last year, two exactly. years ago, whenever he was there. Because he knows who to actually pitch for. He made the he made he made the right decision coming here. Eight innings pitched, three hits, 
Wait for this part. Zero runs. You know what's so spectacular about zero runs? That's his second start in a Red Sox uniform that he has given up zero runs. Guess how many starts he's had as a Red Sox? Two starts. You'll come across some evolving frustrations. He is, Don't worry. He has yet to give up a run as a member of the Red Sox. Continuing with the third game, J.D. Martinez hits his 33 home run of the year. 33rd home run of the year. Excuse me. Mitch Moreland gets in. Pierce finally gets a seat. Well-deserved. Congratulations, sir. Job well done. What does Mitch Moreland do? Does he roll over? Upset that he didn't get a he didn't get a start in the last two games? No. You know what he did? He hit a home run. Just kill me. He hit a home run, Nate. That's what he did. Game four. Classic Red Sox Yankees style. Four hours, thirty nine minutes. I was uh ripping my eyeballs out. I wanted to go to bed. Did it feel like four hours? It felt like six hours because if you think about it, that was the fourth game in four days. And sure. I was just, I'm not even going to say I was tired of Red Sox Yankees baseball, but I was just tired. The, the ninth inning felt like four hours. It Oh, oh, that was, oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Not to mention eight o'clock start ESPN, which side note, I'm not even going to give them the time of day, but I just want to, mentioned they're the worst broadcast team in baseball i don't care what anybody says just terrible god moving on i feel bad i just i feel bad for i I actually kind of like matt vescursion uh but a rod is just brutal to listen to that's actually really funny because i actually tweeted out the other day that is again as hard as it was for me to say this as a red sox fan I actually think Alex Rodriguez is above average in the broadcast booth. I actually hey. I actually don't mind listening to him. And I'm sure there's people in here who are going to be That could be an unpopular opinion. There's going to be people with that. Well, there well, the the thing I'm about to say, I'm sure I'm going to upset some people out there, but Jessica Mendoza does not belong in that broadcast booth. You can sit there and say all you want. Oh, it's because she's a woman. No, you don't need three people she's in the broadcast booth. She, she's bad. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm not gonna go into yeah. any of that. Let's uh, let's talk about the greatest team in baseball. Um, Red Sox offense lacking a little early on. Tanaka was. Uh, I'll get it to me. It wasn't terrible, but uh, as you kind of alluded to, and something I've been looking forward to talking about the last three or so days, two three days. Uh, bottom of the ninth. So uh, let's go into depth. Let's let's take a look at that bottom of the ninth. Aroldis Chapman, sweating buckets out there. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> it's humid on the East Coast, sweating right? Sweating buckets. Starts off with a Sandy Leon walk. Ridiculous, by the way. A guy can't hit. Beautiful. And then uh, a few minutes later, you know who steps to the plate? After uh, after we we get some runners on. After the uh, A Rod jinxes it after he keeps talking about how better not let J D Martinez get to the plate. Don't the, let him get uh, to the plate. The uh, 2018 American League MVP steps up to the plate. 
You're probably right on that, actually. Uh, two run single. Makes it four three. Yeah. And then uh, you know what happens after that? Your uh, your little friend Miguel over there at third base uh, gets a gets a little ground ball. You know, it's looking like game's over. You know, you all leave Boston, one out of four. <laughs> Not the greatest weekend, but uh, it happens. Uh, no, actually, no. It it, it it happened. You know what happened? You all lost the game. You want to know why? Because he can't make a throw, and Greg Bird can't make a scoop at first base. Tie game, four four. Fenway's going nuts. I'm uh, I'm jumping up and down. I don't know. What yeah, to do I knew it. it was done. I knew it was done. After I, that. I I didn't know what to do with my hands. I'm I'm running around. Andrew Benatendi steps up, bottom of the tenth, wins it with a walk off single. Four game sweep. Just like I called. Rid- ridiculous. Ridiculous baseball. Embarrassing bad news bears baseball. 2018 American League East Division champs. Yeah. Well, here's some things that I'm going to touch on that. And no. I'm going to spin this. No. You know what? I have a question before you, you before you talk about your, your, your boys in pinstripes. Do the Yankees, knowing what just happened, do the New York Yankees even make the 2018 playoffs? Okay, now we're gonna take a big I mean, leap. Did the wheels just come completely off of this big, Aaron Boone led wagon? Big leap. Because well, uh, pause as, as your right guy, there. as your guy Brian Cashman said, uh, you guys, when when we when you all go up head to head against the Sox, you guys uh, tend to be the only team that does any damage. But uh, uh, big leap. I, I need a reminder. Uh, how, how how many games are you up in the division? How many games are Let we me up pause. in the division? Let me pause. Yeah, okay. So, first of all, I had a feeling this was going to be a rough series based off of splitting the series with the Orioles uh, before. Yeah, shouldn't have that been, was beautiful. Shouldn't have been a split. No, uh, that's no, no, the no. worst team in baseball. No, 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 no. I'll give you credit. The, the Orioles are Orioles are really good this year, man. They're uh, worst team in baseball. No, no, no. They're uh, they're they're like atop the. They're right up there with the Sox and Yankees. They're they're good this year, man. They're like eighty games back. Okay, but but however, talking about the future. Okay, I'm going to calm everyone down for a bit. This is still the third best record in baseball. Okay, <laughs> so that leaves you some room. I'm not saying it's the third best team in baseball right now, but they currently still have the third best record. Okay. Things to touch on with this series. Some good things to touch on. Tanaka still looks good. Um, a lot of pitches, but he had nine strikeouts, so that tends to happen. Um, he only made it through four and two thirds, but only went one and run. Um, he's he's picking it up for the for the starters lately. Chance Adam made his debut. Um, Adam, sorry, um, five innings, only three hits, and one walk. That's not bad for a debut in the biggest game of your life. Um, and then Stanton, you know, stayed stayed pretty consistent hitting. Uh, he went six for sixteen in the series. I'll take that for a streaky guy. Um, yeah, I'll take four you know, runs. He's gonna he's gonna take that and and continue on um, because. Wait, so what, what what's he hitting now? Like buck fifty? Nah, he's up at like two seventy five. I think two seventy seven. Well, I, mean, I mean, he was in basically he like invented the negative batting average with the start he had so i was just wondering where he was at that's 
I'm no, I'm not worried. He's riding it out. He's picking it up. Here's why you need to be okay with the Yankees, and here's why they will be in the playoffs, and here's why they will make make a dent in the playoffs. The next 25 games that they play, consecutive games, next oh, 25 I, games. I can't wait for this. Lay it on me. Are, are against teams that have 500 or less win percentage. No, no, no. You're right because you all play really well against like the Rays and Orioles. So, no. You're cool. You're That's right. fine. You're right. Series, you know, division you games are, are always better. Division games are always better. Those teams always play each other tighter. They know each other. I'm not going to use that. I'm going to use the other teams that we've played throughout the year with under 500 win percentage. This is going to be okay. This is going to help build momentum. Um, it's going to allow us to play decently until Judge gets back, and then there's going to be a pickup. Oh, yeah, You'll see. I yeah, promise. Yeah, he'll, he'll really, Yankees he'll really will be in the man. playoffs. They will make a dent in the playoffs, and we will, uh, we will definitely have home field advantage in the wild card game. That's it. I'm done. Moving on. I don't know. I'm almost tempted to sit here for a few more minutes and just relish and what happened this weekend. Just get. Just give me a sec. All right. I'm wiping I'm good. back tears. I'm good. I'm wiping tears away. I'm good. Uh, National League MVP race. How do you feel yeah. about it? How do you feel about it? Give me some. Dude, it's th- a toss some, up. Throw some stats at me. It's a toss-up. You know, we talked about it last week. I think, you know, the AL is just uh, its better baseball right now. I think you can argue that NL is tighter baseball. I don't think it's better baseball. Um, you know, but there's uh, quite a few guys that I've taken notice to. Um, when we're talking who's leading the league in average, um, you got Christian Yelich up top hitting uh, in the 320s. You got Nick Markakis. You got Freddie Freeman. Um you know, on base percentage, Freddie Freeman is up there again. Uh, you got the whole war for you, war freaks. Freddie Freeman is also up there again. I think you guys are noticing a trend. Uh, home runs, um, obviously not Freddie Freeman's forte. We all saw the home run derby. Um, but you got Matt Carpenter, who's, you know, I, I don't even know how he's doing it. Um, super smooth, super basic swing. Um, drop some, drop some bombs against the Cubbies, especially, uh, he's got 29. Um, but here's my sleeper and not really a sleeper. He's my pick. I'm going with Nolan Arenado. Um, the dude is an absolute stud at third base. I think he, we're witnessing the best defensive third baseman since Brooks Robinson. Um, the dude is a freak. And I, I don't I don't want to hear all of this Matt Chapman stuff with the A's. He's just as good. They went to the same high school, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Nolan Arenado is dope. Get that out of your head. I mean, I, Matt I Chapman is not on that level yet. Maybe I, someday. Um, so that's my pick, Nolan Arenado. But, you know, I will say, do you think this could be a year where we see a pitcher slide into that role? In terms of? MVP? Yeah, man. It's a toss-up between everybody else. I don't know. I mean, if we're making picks, I'm probably going to have to go with uh, Freddie Freeman because as much as I want to put value into the player as an individual, you just can't seem to escape the the conversation of, oh, well, it's – it's a matter of how he how he helps the team, how he impacts the team and their overall standing. I get that, but I think to a certain point it 
I mean, it's, I get it. It's called the most valuable player. So, I mean, the, the context yeah. is obviously in, in regards to the team, but sure. I mean, I think Freddie Freeman has the best of both worlds in that regard. I mean, he's, he's swinging, uh, kind of running through stats again. He's, uh, Hitting about three fifteen, three sixteen, give or take. Uh, the impressive, impressive number he's got right now. He's been hitting about three seventy since July seventh. So about the last wow. month, been really tearing it up. Wow. Uh, OPS nine twenty two on base percentage three ninety seven. Nice. Um, and kind of, kind of like I was just saying, uh, just obviously been a huge, huge key for the Braves right now. A team that while people we're we're projecting them to have talent. Obviously, their farm system is just unreal on a whole nother level. Uh, I just don't think many people, probably besides Braves fans, I just don't think many people expected them to put the pieces together this soon. Not um, at all. Me, Not at all. Me I mean, being one of them. Um, I agree. But it's I totally it's, agree. It's absolutely exciting for baseball. Um, but kind of kind of wrapping up my point about Freeman is I think again he's kind of got the best of both worlds working for him right now. Um, and and kind of touching on the point about the Braves, I think that helps his case a hundred times more, is because people just look at what the, what he's been able to do on a team that is performing well above expectations, and sure. and kind of again, it's not like he's hurting uh, on the stat side of things. So, right well, I mean, now, he's, that's he's a veteran. Vote. He's a veteran leading a young clubhouse, right? And very, you know, that's impressive. Us exactly i mean these yeah. dudes are you know rookie ball i mean not rookie ball but you know rookie level players and right they're tearing it up obviously you hope that continues but you don't know right um it's a young squad um in a fairly new stadium and you know the dude is is just a flat-out ball player yeah you know what i mean no yeah. nonsense i'm not wearing swaggy tape i'm not wearing chains you know, I'm not uh, wearing big yellow wristbands. I got sleeves. Yep. I got batting gloves. I'm going to go out and hit. Yep. And the dude is just old school. I love it. He's awesome. And he gets on base. So, you know, I think the only person that has a higher uh, on-base percentage in the NL is Joey Votto, who is you know, a god yeah. at, at on-base percentage. So, Very much so. you're not going to be ahead of him. But, you know, I think, uh, I think you may see some votes stray towards Max Scherzer. Honestly, um, yeah, he's sure. a freak for sure. Um, at the time of this recording, he's got 154 pitches or innings pitched and uh, over 200 Ks, five or 15 and five. Um, he's second in ERA with a 2.33. The only guy better uh, ERA wise is Jacob Degrom at a 1.85 and a 5.7 record. Yeah, uh, I'm not even. The Mets are awful. They suck. So we're not even gonna touch on that. Uh, but Max Scherzer, I think, could steal some votes and make this margin a little more narrow. But I think you and I are right there. Nolan Arenado and Freddie Freeman, I think, are your one and two. And yep. we'll see which one finishes on top. Yep, I would agree with that. Uh, what do we got next? AL West race. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this off by saying that. I've been saying for the last two weeks you have, you that have. the A's not only are going to make the playoffs, I'm going to I'm gonna say right now that the A's are going to win the American League West. Wow. And you call me crazy. I know 
I know there's a since I guess last October there's a whole lot of Astros fans out there now. Um, yeah, a whole lot of bandwagon. And, remember when the Royals did it a couple years ago? Oh yeah, I think they're all I think they're all Astros fans now. Yeah, no, I mean Royals might be a little different because they they got a. No, I'm I'm gonna ruffle some feathers here, but to me the Royals <laughs> the Royals have a have a rich history of their organization. The Astros obviously they go they go way back. I'm not taking anything away from them, but in in terms of recency. I just, I mean, you, you've seen pictures of Minute Maid where there's like six people in the stands and it's all concession oh, yeah. people. Yeah. But yeah, these I, fans came out of nowhere for sure. I, oh, it's, that's just brutal. Um, but you but know, anyway, it, is, it is what it is. Good for baseball. It I guess is, oh say. yeah. No, I'm not going to be upset about it. More, the more the merrier. Bring it on. As long as it doesn't turn in the NBA, I'll be all right. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I I will say right now that the A's will win the division. I think that's crazy. I think that I I think the Astros, while obviously they're a, an incredible team, not saying they're not going to make the playoffs. They're obviously going to make the playoffs, but I just think the A's. I don't know. I I mean I've been around baseball pretty long time, and while I'm no expert, I I do think there's something to be said for. Finding, finding whatever it is, and I, I think the A's have it. I think they're just on a roll right now. They just don't. They, they don't. They're not a big market team. They, they don't have yeah. the big names. They're just, they're putting the pieces uh, together. And I, for sure, I don't know. I just I, think they got something rolling. Fifteen right and now. five. I think fifteen and five in the last twenty games. Yeah, killing it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Everyone has seen has seen that picture of. Uh, Fires getting traded and, and putting his little A's uh, tape over the Detroit Tigers yeah, emblem yeah, on the hat. Yeah, yeah. Um, them adding him, um, you know, uh, not a lot of people like this guy anymore, but Sean Kelly, who just tossed his glove when he was up by like 30 what, on the mound. What a tool. Childish. I mean, that was the biggest Little League move I've ever seen. Um, but he is decent, and he's going to be helping in the bullpen. Familia with the ad before the deadline uh, to close up. For them, Chris Davis is hitting tanks all over the place. We already talked about Matt Chapman being solid at third. Yep. You got an all-star in Jed Lowry. Um, the tough thing is, is that I think they're four, four and a half games back. They only have two more series, six total games left against the Astros. So you're leaving a lot of fate in yep. the rest of the division yep. um, and, and not in your own hands. Yep. So. You know, I uh, the thing is, Seattle's obviously in the mix, um, but they're not playing great, honestly. Lately, it's it's been pretty much 500 ball. Yeah. Uh, the whole, I think Cano, Robbie Cano is a big distraction. Yeah. I think he's going to continue to be a big distraction. Ooh, is he going to play third? Is he going to play first? Doesn't matter because he's not going to be in the playoffs. So right. Right. I don't think this guy really needs to be uh, in the lineup much at all. Um. They've got the heart of the order that hits bombs. 86 home runs between Hanniger, Cruz, Seager, and Healy. Uh, two of those guys, possibly three, were all-stars, I think. So, um, But the big one is they got 10 games left against Houston. So a little more into their hands. You know, They, they kind of control their fate a little bit more. Yep. But, uh, you know, the, we're seeing big names go on the DL for, for the Astros. Yeah, and uh, you know I kind of touched on that last week, but you currently have uh, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Brian McCann, McCullers, and uh, Springer on the DL. That's wild. 
those are big guys. Those are big guys. So are you um, willing to are you willing to join me here on the the A's bandwagon? Uh, I will not. I will not. I will say you'll give him a playoff berth though for sure, right? I yeah. I know. I said last week that I think Seattle is going to take the number two spot. I hope for Seattle, yeah. but uh, I think we're going to see the A's, dude. I think you're right. They're playing yeah. great ba- baseball lately. I agree. Um, all right. So I know you and I were talking about this a little bit before uh, before we got started with the show, but got a little new uh, promo action for the peeps. Um, got a little Seat Geek promo for you guys. Uh, for those who. Uh, get tickets for baseball games, basketball games, concerts, theater performances, you name it, whatever you get tickets for. Uh, if you have not used SeatGeek before and you uh, you sign on the website and you're a first-time user, if you enter the promo code DTD into the little promo code box there, you will get $20 off your first purchase of tickets uh, so definitely use that. Um, I'm, I'm going to not even going to lie. I'm probably going to throw that in every episode in case you all forget, or if you need a friendly reminder to use the promo code. But, uh, I think that's, that's a pretty sweet deal. Uh, I know I've used SeatGeek before. It's super easy. Um, big fan. So, uh, Definitely, definitely, definitely use the uh, DTD promo code for that for you uh, first-time users out there, and you'll save 20 bucks. You're welcome. All right. Now we got that out of the way. Moving on to the unpopular opinion, arguably my favorite, my favorite part. This week's unpopular opinion, we're talking about Robert Ozuna. Robert Ozuna. Roberto Ozuna <laughs> with the Houston Astros. My unpopular opinion, this was not a good look for the Houston Astros. Uh, I'm thinking uh, I might be way off way off here, but I'm starting to think there's a little dose of, uh, dare I say, becoming sellouts after they, mm-hmm. after they kind of made it to the top last year, kind of got a little taste of what that success was like. And they said, oh, yep. well, maybe we can start compromising a little bit. And it's, it won't hurt anybody. Uh, I, I, I just don't think, I mean, I'm always, I'm always going to promote the idea of giving the guy a second chance, but. So what, what exactly just, happened? Right, Cause I've heard barely anything well, about was, the story. It was the bit, You'd have to go back and look at it, but essentially it was just a domestic abuse case, and he served. It was, I believe, a seventy-five game suspension. Um, Seems standard. What's that? Seems standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's, I mean, he served. He served his time. Uh, I believe. I don't think he appealed it. Um, so I mean, I, I, I guess from what I'm from what I'm reading, he basically just he uh, took his lumps and kind of rolled with it. Um, but my unpopular opinion here, as I was talking to you about, or as I was saying to you earlier, I don't, this isn't about him. Uh, I'm I'm not pro him. I'm not anti him. I'm not condoning anything he did. I'm not, not whatever. That's, that's not the point of what I'm trying to say. This is, yeah. my opinion is focused here on the Astros and kind of what that move 
did to their organization, in my opinion. I think uh, there's actually a guy, uh, username J Rock is cool on Instagram. He was at, I uh, posted the official release statement from the Astros. They posted on Instagram or Twitter, I can't remember. And I reposted on Instagram. I was trying to get some feedback from people, see what they thought. And uh, J Rock is cool. Uh, probably said it best. Um, pretty much summed up my thoughts on it. Now uh, he said, the Astros had a strong stance against domestic violence right up until the time that they had to choose between making their on-field product better and staying true to their word. Uh, but then he goes on to say, perhaps he misunderstood the meaning of zero tolerance policy, which that's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. Um, like what a, what a contradiction. Yeah. I don't know. And that, that kind of ties back into my point of, I'm not going to call them sellouts, but I, I do think there's a level of, hey, we've seen what we can do if we put out a good product on the field. Like, what's what's it going to do? Like, who's it going to hurt if, if we uh, pick up this guy and kind of bolster our our staff a little bit? I mean, it's I, disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm just torn on, in, in regards to him as an individual, I'm torn on the kind of giving the guy a second chance and condone like not condoning what he did. Uh, the, I don't know. Domestic abuse is obviously one of those, those touchy subjects that you just, it's, it's, it's tough. It's to, it, yeah. It's nobody, nobody wants to talk about it, but at the same nope. time it needs to be addressed. It, 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 it can't happen. It's unacceptable. Um, but I mean, object, regardless how you feel about the guy or how you feel about the Astros, you have to look at it. And if, I mean, if you're going to be upset about this whole thing, you got to be upset with the people that made the rules in the first place. Cause if you look at it objectively, yep. he, he paid his dues. He, he gave, he, he gave back to MLB what he owed them. He gave back to the fans what he owed them. And that was serving his suspension. And so the way, if I'm looking at it like that, I'm like, all right, I mean, I'm not a fan of this guy. I, I don't agree with what he did, but he 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 paid his dues, and so right. I I think that's one one way to look at it. But it, I, again, it goes back to the the unpopular opinion, if you will, um, and that is uh, that kind of disregarding that, I kind of almost ignoring that. I think just overall, this was just not a good look for Houston, and I I don't know how long this will linger. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to kind of shake this image of being compromisers. It's just, it'll be an interesting situation. Yeah. I've got two things on it and, and, and that's it. Cause I feel like I need a shower every time I hear yeah. this guy's story. Um, one, you are, I think most people know Verlander's, uh, statement he made a while back about Absolutely. a case like that. Yep. Yep. Um, and then, you know, it's, too morally like it's it's so upsetting and i think i think you're right the system needs to be fixed but now you're gonna have kids in the stands standing up and cheering when this guy gets an out for the houston astros right and that's inexcusable i think um but you know you're right, you're right. He, he did it by the book he, he did everything he was supposed to who says he's not allowed to pitch anymore um but i think the book needs to be fixed it needs to change yeah um it's not okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'd, I'd rather uh, wrap that one up. So uh, I think we're on a home stretch now. We got a few DMs, I believe, and then got the couple more things after that. But let's uh, let's 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 get with the questions. 
All right, buddy. This is from C underscore Hull 42. C underscore H-U-L-L 42. Are MLB teams taking the position player pitching thing too far? Seems like every night there's a team down six or seven, a position player comes in. Would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think we're seeing a very clear shift and I've actually been fascinated listening to some broadcasters talk about this. They're talking about how, and I think you're seeing it with the, with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I think you're seeing it more and more. There's, there's becoming a, a very clear shift, um, from the importance of starting pitching and relief pitching obviously pitching overall is what wins championships but i think within that uh you have to look at this growing importance of of relief pitching and i think you because that because that's becoming a thing you have to you have to take into account the value of your relief pitching and if you're if you're running guys out there and you're I don't want to say overusing them, but if you're using them in situations where one, it's not necessary or two, you're putting them in a position to get hurt because you are overusing them um, or, and, and not to say that any manager would be dumb enough to do that, but it, to me, it's just why even, why even bother with it? I do, I do think it's important to kind of keep open the player position thing as an option. And I, I would agree. I feel like it's becoming a lot more common and it's to me it's almost becoming like a, a publicity stunt in a way, but a little bit. Yeah. At the same I time, I mean at the same time, I mean content is content and these teams know, like they, they know what they're doing. Like they're going to put Jose Reyes out on the mound and he's going to he's going to toss in a 54 mile an hour heater. I mean people <laughs> people like like that. I mean granted the Mets fans hate it. They hate their lives right now, but yeah. I think I mean, it's it's something to kind of dare I say ease the pain a little bit because I mean, and, somewhat. And I, I think, mean, we saw we saw Rizzo do it last yeah, week. Yeah, right? and and I think it, like, like teams like that, they're obviously good. I mean, it eases the pain of that one game of right. losing so bad. But in, in the situation like the Mets, I mean, it's you, I mean, you got you got a lot of drinking to do to, to ease that pain. But uh, no, it's definitely a good point. I mean, you got to go. You got to think contender versus non-contender. Right. Non-contender. Don't put out a position player. Contender, bullpen's important. Right. Put out a position player, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you saw we just talked healthy. about Sean Kelly. Yeah. The dude shouldn't have been in the game. Right. And he's probably he's probably pissed. He threw his glove because he's pissed because oh, he was definitely. in the game. Yeah. He's up he's up 21, 22 runs. He shouldn't be pitching. Yeah. He shouldn't be using his arm. Yeah. Relax. Um, take the day off. Yeah. But, I, it doesn't bother me, but I definitely get that it's it's getting a little too common. Yep. Uh, All right. What do we got next? next one? Next one we got Brandly three, B R A N D L triple three, and the number three. Who do you think will win the NL West? Uh, let me see. I'm gonna go with the Dodgers. Um, I know right now at the time of this recording, the Diamondbacks are up, I think, like half a game. Um, but I'm just going to go with the Dodgers. I think I think the Machado move, as much as I can't stand the guy, as I think I mentioned last week, 
can't stand yeah. the guy. Uh, I do think that that, I mean, it's a, it's a smart move. It's a, I mean, you, you really can't go wrong with that. Um, I think he'll ease into, he'll, he'll ease into his, his LA, uh, experience, kind of get, <laughs> kind of get settled in out there. Um, start or rather keep swinging it. Well, uh, keep playing yep. the field, holding it down there. Um, but I think the biggest factor with me, uh, that I, that I feel contributes to why I think the Dodgers will win is, um, and I know a lot of people don't like him, but being a Red Sox guy, I'm a huge fan of Dave Roberts. And I just like, I Surprise. like, I like his style of management. And again, I know a lot of people might disagree with that, but there was a, there was actually a clip that went out. I want to say last week, I guess it was after last week's podcast. Cause I probably would have mentioned it. Um, but it was a clip of, uh, Brian Dozier when he arrived in LA. I don't know if you saw it, but, uh, yeah, he, for those who didn't, he Dozier, I guess, got into LA like mid game, I guess, uh, is, was my perception of that whole deal. Uh, walks up to the dugout steps. Uh, Roberts is there, uh, managing the game and, Dozier taps him on the back and Roberts turns around and just, he just lights up and he's like, Hey man, how you doing? I mean, I don't know exactly what he said, but it, it, from the looks of it, he was just like, Hey man, how you doing? Like, so good to have you. And he just, you could tell he was just pumped to get this guy in the lineup. Right. And, For sure. and sure enough, I think Dozier fed off that. Cause I think like his first game, I think actually his first two games as a Dodger, he went yard. Um, someone might have to correct me on that, but I, I think that was the case, but I just, I love that that type of guy, like a like a Roberts or a Cora. Obviously, there's a little bias there, but I think you even you could agree that there's this there's this relationship that both of these guys kind of establish with their players that just oh yeah, like I said earlier, makes them want to run through a wall. And I think I think that contributed to the Dodgers run last year um, heavily, and I think you're seeing that a lot this year, and especially adding the. Uh, a younger guy like Machado, um, who will who will only benefit from having that uh, experienced managerial uh, presence there. I think I think they'll they'll heat up here down the stretch. Uh, I think they're playing like 500 ball right now in their last 10. I think they're about five and five, um, but I think they'll heat up here down the stretch and kind of take what's take what's theirs. So. Yeah, I agree. I think um, Arizona just lost uh, Jake Lamb for the year. Yeah. Um, I know they just. I think they just walked it off the other night. But yeah, I uh, I don't see any, that's a roster to deal with with LA, dude. Yep. Like they sure. got a squad. Sure. Good moves at the deadline. Um, seems like endless amounts of money. <laughs> it uh, they do what they want, and it's scary to think that they're not even at their full potential. I think. Um, all right, next one's from Ryan underscore sharp 42. Ah, I like this one already. As a Yankees fan, it's frustrating to see Tommy Canely through a clean inning and get sent back down. He's clearly healthy and is a veteran guy who can eat up innings for the Yankees. Why is this guy not on the roster? Well, you know that I hate talking about just terrible baseball teams, so I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll toss this back over to you. Uh, I think um, I agree. I have no idea why this guy isn't on the roster. 
it doesn't make sense to me. It's another clear case of mismanagement by uh, by Boone. It um, you know we're seeing overusage on Jonathan Holder, um, and then we're seeing overusage on Chad Green. We're seeing not being able to really know how to use Chapman. When that dude gets a week off, he folds. He it's he needs I don't know what he needs, but he needs more time, more consistent time. Um, Tommy Canley, you're right, is a veteran. Um, I know he's kind of been very much up and down. He started with the Yankees. The Yankees shipped him off uh, to the White Sox. The White Sox sent him back uh, with the Robertson deal. Um, dude throws Ched. Uh, he's 98, 99. He's got the biggest calves I've ever seen. Well, um, I mean, if we're if we're going based off Ched, I mean, Aroles Chapman throws like 102, and sure, I mean, we see yeah. we see what happens with yeah. that right now. I just no, sure. I, I just wanted to remind you in case you forgot what happened in that. I game. I definitely don't forget. It's still in my dreams. I still see his slider that just spins um when i when i blink um no but as far as tommy canley goes he needs to be back up i don't quite understand the move of sending him back down it's just i think i think kind of piggybacking off what you're saying i think right now i mean obviously when judge comes back that'll be that'll be a spark but i i just think they need a spark and if it if seriously if that spark is a is a a just like a non relevant guy and he comes up and just proves himself and can shut down big names on big teams. I mean, if that's what it takes, I mean, so be it. I mean, yeah. Attitude wise. He he reminds me of Tyler Austin. Yeah. Very in your face. I'm going to scream on the mound after I K you up kind of, kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think the Yankees will probably at the rate they're playing right now, they'll probably finish two games behind Baltimore in the division. Um, But I think, (laughs) Uh, I think it'll it'll be good to prepare them for next year. I guess. Uh, I mean, get them get them in the right mindset heading into spring training in 2019. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see in the playoffs, brother. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Let me uh, let me run through our our main bullet points here. Uh, going all the way back to the start here, ba- this day in baseball history, uh, Gil Hodges is the most unlucky dude in baseball history. Uh, the 1976 White Sox were clearly ahead of their time. Uh, Paul Molitor could swing it and steal it. The 2018 Boston Red Sox are arguably and almost certainly the best team ever assembled in the history of baseball. Uh, the National League MVP will be probably the most exciting thing to come out of the National League this year since uh, we can pretty much all assume that the World Series champ is coming out of the AL. Um, the, the A's are poised to shake up the MLB a little bit here in the last, uh, last couple months. And finally the Astros didn't earn any fans with their latest acquisition. Uh, I'm going to flip it over to you for our last little bit here for what they're not talking about. Yeah, guys, things not being talked about. Uh, I watched this the other day. I don't know why it's not getting more love. Bryce Harper gets hit with that curveball from the left side in the in the knee, right? Curveball at 82 miles an hour, takes it in the knee. Actually, he just got shot. Can't get up, can't stand, can't bend his knee, whatever. Super soft. Um, and then the very next inning, Votto wears 96 right off the same knee, same spot. Gets straight up, starts screaming at the pitcher, showing fire. Uh, Votto's my guy, Bryce Harper's soft. Um, next one, Rick and Keel. 
I don't know if any of you guys remember Ricky and Keel. Uh, started as a pitcher when he first came up in the bigs. Couldn't quite uh, figure it out. I think he had the yips going a little bit. They move him to center field. Every once in a while, he'd flash the, glo- the glove a little bit, but he had a hose. Um, he's talking about making a comeback to be a reliever. Uh, he's 39, so I, I'm rooting for the guy. That's, that's going to be sweet. This is one thing not being talked about. Uh, the Miami Marlins, they're not that terrible. <laughs> Everyone talked about how awful they were going to be when Jeter started shipping everybody out, right? They want to burn down the place. Uh, They want to throw Jeter at the head of the blame. The truth is they had to dump those contracts and reset, and that's what they did, and they're actually not playing that bad. Here's some teams that are, are worse than them. The Baltimore Orioles, the Kansas City Royals, the San Diego Padres, and the Chicago White Sox. Those teams have worse records than Miami Marlins with much better rosters. I, I, I don't know what else to say about that, yep. but in your yep. face a little bit. Um, there's, this is one uh, that needs to be brought up because everyone uses this argument. Payroll. Teams payroll uh, for the year 2018. Okay, The league average is $138 million for a team to spend on their payroll. 10 of the 16 teams who are above that average are in playoff contention. Okay, Red Sox are $21 million over the, uh, the team in second place, who's the Giants, and $51 million over the Yankees. So please stop using that argument that everyone uses. New York Yankees throw money at their players. That's the only reason they win. Okay? Yeah, I got This no is room. where baseball's I got, going. I got no room to talk here. So. This is where baseball's going. You got to spend money to get the guys. Yep. Okay? Get over it. No one cares when you're rolling that that trophy up at the end anyway. And my last thing not being talked about, this is my favorite, is the NFL Hall of Fame game last Thursday. That's the start of the NFL preseason, and no one really seemed to care. Uh, The Yankees-Red Sox Sox series overshadowed a lot of the sports world. That's so exciting for me. You know, no matter the outcome of the series, baseball is just killing it right now. Viewers are, are through the roof. I'm so proud of our sport. I'm so proud of, of what baseball is doing. And uh, keep it up because this is going to be a fun, fun year. A fun, fun year with an almost certain ending. Uh, the trophy, Don't say it. trophy being hoisted up in in the Negative. beautiful city of Boston. Um, actually, no. Who who's get, Who's got home field advantage this year? I have no idea how they even decided anymore. Yeah, honestly, I honestly don't remember. Well, <laughs> if if it is the American League, it's going to be hoisted uh, probably in Los Angeles because uh, it'll be a four-game sweep. So looking Ridiculous. forward to that exciting ending. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, good show, good show. Uh, we'll be back here next Wednesday. In the meantime, as always, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Uh, follow Dirt to Diamonds on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching DTD Baseball. And on Snapchat by adding us at Dirt to Diamonds BB. That's Dirt the number two Diamonds BB. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, be sure to leave us a review and let me know what you want to hear more of. Until next time, stay filthy. Don't tell me you don't see it. You luck. You understand? 
Too many thoughts on my mind, I can't sleep at night, so I just keep writing. I don't need no help, I don't need opinions, so don't waste my time then. I just been living online, my city don't show me no love and that's fine. Local radio stations, I got more plays than all of these rappers combined. I'm going, I'm going again, I've been going in, I'm fed up with so many things, I gotta just let it all out. I'm talking about, they've been talking about, telling me I should do this, telling me I should do that. Telling me, telling me things about rap, talking the truth and that stabbing my back, they will knock me off track. No, no, too many things have been building, been hard to deal with, I just been drinking. Remember my moves in the past, I'm wondering what was I thinking. Lately I'm living in fear, wondering what if the end is so near. All of the going on, the shootings are strong, one shot to the head and I'm gone. I'm losing control but I can't let it go cause I'm trying to get more and I've been in the moment. I've been in the zone and I'm moving alone, I don't pick up the phone when my family call. I've been doing it wrong and I don't know what's happening. Trying to get what I've just been imagining, getting close and I've just been examining all of the the game has been packaging. I, I come from a town where most of the people are so close-minded. They go into school and they work in a job, but they don't even like it. I won't be put in a box. Nobody telling me what I should rock. Nobody telling me what I should drop. Cause I do what I want and just know I don't stop. Recording till four in the morning, they snoring. I'm pouring my soul into every story. I'm writing, producing, I mix it, I master, I'm building my craft and I'm not looking back. I've been going doing things I wanna do when I want to. Everybody wanna get away, but they not do. Everybody wanna copy you, but they not you. Everybody wanna be cool, but they not new. Whoa, look how I go. Gonna be a Dennis, I still got the flow. Never gonna lose cause I'm still doing both. Never gonna lose cause I've been on the road. Come to your state and I'm killing the show. Know that I'm young and I still gotta grow. Know that I'm working the most. No, I'm never gonna choke and I'm looking back down on the people below.